0: Recently, I was remembering the moment in 2019, that seems an awful long time ago, when my predecessor, the Reverend Peter Edwards, told me the wonderful news that I had been appointed here as his successor to coordinate the healing ministry. And what was my response? That's fantastic news, I said. And then, and it means a whole new wardrobe. The Lent season is, of course, a time for self examination and confession. And so I admit admit before you all now that I love new clothes. One of the hardest fasts that I ever did was not buying any clothes for months and months and months. And I'm sorry to say that what I'm going to wear takes up far too much space in my thinking time. You see, I need to know that what I'm going to wear is going to be warm enough. I get cold really quickly. And then I need to know that what I'm going to wear will exactly suit the event. And unfortunately, everything I wear has to match. Now, the Bible talks about what we should put on how we should be clothed, but of course these aren't our physical clothes, these are our spiritual clothes. Listen to these words from Colossians chapter 3. Therefore, as God's chosen people and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, and over all of these, put on love just as I need to choose what to put on physically to suit what I'm going to be doing that day, we are all commanded to choose to put on the right response for the people that we are going to meet that day or the decisions that we're going to have to make. I think it's a bit like we get to choose from Jesus' wardrobe, where we find hurt and suffering we can choose to put on Christ's compassion. When we're tired and frustrated at how long it is taking to get served in a shop or waiting on the phone, we can choose to put on Christ's nature of patience, and of course kindness, when we finally get called. However, it's not this change of spiritual clothes Um, This is not the only change of spiritual clothes that believers get. We're all given a new set of garments to put on when we first believe and decide to follow Christ. And these are a gift, a new set of clothes. Now, I may have confused you, so stay with me and I will explain what I mean and how I learned about this gift. What I'm going to share with you, I haven't shared very often over the last 20 years. I actually shared it a few months ago, and I know there are two people in the congregation who heard that. But the reason I don't share it very often is because it's, well, it was something I can only describe as a vision. And it came to me when I was at an ordinary prayer meeting, a listening prayer meeting. And it was so powerful, even though it was 20 years ago, that I can still remember it now. And it transformed my relationship with God. So I was sitting in silence when a line from a very well-known Charles Wesley hymn, And Can It Be?, just popped into my mind. And the line, the line from that hymn was from the last verse, bold I approach the eternal throne. And I remember my immediate reaction when I heard that in my mind was, oh, I can't do that. I can't approach God boldly and just stride up to the throne. And as this thought took hold, that was when this vision started. I suddenly saw in my imagination a huge room filled with worshippers and very far, far off at the other end was a throne. And it reminded me of those passages that we read in Revelation about the throne room of God. And I was stood right at the back. And I became aware that on my left-hand side there seemed to be somebody standing beside me And I knew in my spirit that this figure was Jesus. And he seemed to say to me, go on, go up to the throne. And I can clearly remember responding, I can't do that. You see, I was so aware of my own sin and my own imperfection. And I remember saying, you see, I'm wearing filthy rags. Jesus told me to look down and I obeyed and I saw that I was dressed in brilliant white clothes but my response next was very telling. I said to Jesus, well that's okay but you haven't seen underneath. Immediately the scene changed. And in my imagination, I was in a very, very dark place. And I was looking across a valley to a hill far away. And on that hill were three crosses. I was looking at the crucifixion of Christ. And I could feel the enormity of that scene before me. And then as quickly as I had got there, I was back in the throne room. And Jesus said to me again, look again. And so I did. And now I knew that I was not only robed in these white clothes. I also knew, I knew that I was pure white and spotless through and through. You see, my sinful nature wasn't just covered up. It had been transformed by the cross. Let's go, I was told. And with a confidence and a boldness I've never felt before, I started to walk up through the worshippers to the throne of God. I was never the same again after experiencing that. The sense of being unworthy of approaching God in prayer or unworthy to offer my worship, or unworthy to come forward in repentance. That had gone. And since then, it's been a journey of finding out that what I had experienced was completely biblical. So what are these brilliant white clothes, this pure spotless white through and through, that we're all wearing, all followers of Jesus? I now knew, know that what I was seeing in that vision was a picture of being clothed in the righteousness of Christ, his holiness instead of my sinfulness. I was wearing his robes of righteousness, the royal robes of the King of Kings. And they weren't just covering up my sinfulness underneath. It was a complete exchange. Christ's rightness for all my wrongness. In our reading from Philippians, Paul talks about this very subject. Listen again to the words that Paul says in this letter. He says that he considers all that had gone before as garbage so that he could gain Christ. And then in verse 9, this is what he says. And be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ. The righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. Paul describes the righteousness of Christ, right standing with God, coming to us only through faith in Christ, not through our own attempts to be good, to follow all the rules. Right standing before God is a gift, a gift of grace that can never be earned. And Paul says something else really interesting. He also links this gift with being found in him, found in Christ. Now I've been told that in the New Testament there are over 200 references to things like being in Christ or united with Christ. It seems therefore to be a really important aspect of our faith, but we're so used to thinking of Christ in us, what about us being in him? In John 15, which is my absolutely most favorite part of the Bible about the vine, Jesus commands us to do this. He says, remain in me and I also remain in you. So we not only have Christ in us through his Holy Spirit, we're also now to be found in him, alive in him. Or as the Passion Translation puts it, which I absolutely love, we have become wrapped in Christ. So when our Heavenly Father sees us, he looks at us as where we are positioned now. He sees us in Christ. He sees us wrapped up in all that Christ is, and that includes his righteousness. And it's always been God's intention for those who believe in Jesus. At the start of the book of Ephesians, Paul writes this. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In him, in Christ, God the Father, sees those who believe as holy and blameless, sees us wearing Christ's robes of righteousness. Let us remind ourselves how Charles Wesley puts it in the famous hymn that started this journey. No condemnation now I dread. Jesus and all in him is mine. Alive in him my living head clothed in righteousness divine. Bold, I approach the eternal throne and claim the crown of Christ, my own. And this isn't just for when we die and we're in heaven. Whenever we approach God in prayer, in worship, in repentance, we come dressed in our divine clothes, our royal robes, and there is no condemnation, just acceptance. And so we can come in confidence, even in boldness. Now, we know we do not live lives that are holy and blameless. When we look at Jesus' perfection, at his righteousness, at his holiness, we know we are a long, long long way off in the way we live and to be blunt that's because of our sin that's why we needed the cross when we recognize we've messed up let's come to god and repent but remember that no matter what we do or have done god in love firstly chooses to see us in christ So we know that when we come to Him, He will never reject or condemn us. And I have found such deep healing in that truth the healing that comes from knowing you're accepted, that you belong and are forgiven. And all this can bring a new confidence, a new boldness in our relationship with God and in the way we live our lives. Not a self-confidence, but a confidence in who we are in Christ. And of course, after repentance, we receive the full gift of total forgiveness. We are forgiven and free to move forward, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, as Paul put it in our reading. Free to move forward, free to choose a better way next time. Free to choose to put on better clothes from Jesus' wardrobe. Compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. And of course, over all of these, we can choose to put on his love. In less than two weeks' time, we will have journeyed to Good Friday. where We will stand and look at that terrible scene of the crucifixion. And just by gazing on the cross, we may become suddenly aware of all that Jesus has won for us. Now, this is a healing service. And so once again, we will have the opportunity to bring our needs for healing, our bodies, our hearts, our minds, our spirits, before God. But this evening, I wonder if the Lord is asking us particularly, inviting us specifically, to ask him for healing, for anything that makes us feel unworthy, not good enough, separated from coming to our Heavenly Father. Anything that makes us doubt that we are fully accepted and fully forgiven. Anything in us that makes it hard to believe that in Christ, all our wrongness is made into his rightness. And during our time of healing prayer, we will have the opportunity for that. But first, we are going to sing. And we're going to sing a song that has always, for me, been connected to that vision and its impact on my relationship with God. King of kings, majesty. And in this hymn, in the chorus, we find this line. In royal robes, I don't deserve, I live to serve your majesty. Amen.